0: Welcome to episode two of We Built This City. Uh, We apologise that it's been a long time coming. We've been in hibernation for a little bit, um, nice and cosy, but now we're back.
1: It was the winter, so that's fair enough, I think. Yeah, like it was a long, cold winter. And you were all hibernating too, so I'm sure nobody noticed. Anyway, glad glad to see you all again. Thanks to see you too Jen.
0: Yeah, it's great to see What's you. That's cracking. Uh like I, I
1: haven't really missed you much. <laughs> okay. Well, last time I saw you was um other voices.
0: That's a lie, but it's a nice tie-in. Yeah,
1: it's a convenient lie, so we'll just go with it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. I can't believe I haven't seen you since December at Other Voices when we recorded this episode. We decided for this episode that we would focus on one of our favorite things about the
1: city, which is live music. Yeah. And in a twist, which none of you saw coming, we actually left the city. I went to the country.
0: <laughs> if, if you've never been to Other Voices, um, it's kind of like they put loads of gigs on around Dingle and it's usually people, kind of up, upcoming artists or kind of smaller Irish artists um, and they host a lot of gigs in the church there but y- you can't really get tickets to the church.
1: Yeah, so they televise the church gigs throughout all the uh, smaller pubs all around the town and so you have various pubs that will be kind of b- bigger gigs uh, bigger gig venues. So you go from pub to pub And it's all free It is Basically most of the same people in Dublin Leave Dublin on that weekend And go to Dingle And wear woolly jumpers and drink pints.
0: Most delicious Guinness I've ever had in Dingle It's like cosy Christmas lights And you get to just have intimate <laughs> intimate, intimate relations and snugs. <laughs> Whatever happens there happens, you know
1: Exactly, yeah It's like it's like a woolly version of Vegas <laughs> So for this episode, we
0: met Claire O'Hanlon, um, who's a great gal. I feel like she kind of... Um,
1: sound buzzer. <laughs> she's a very nice person. She's extremely nice, extremely good crack, um, and great person to be around at all times. One of those people where you meet her, you see her, and she just lifts your heart immediately because she's so super sound.
0: And I had never met her before this interview, um, and the way she talked about music, it kind of reminded me of my passion for music too and my nostalgia for it and I felt like she was just a lovely person to bring me back to those moments and what she does for So Far Sounds is a really nice way of
1: contributing. She doesn't play and she doesn't perform herself but she really wants to be involved in music and in producing music and so how she's involved is curating these amazing incredible events and bringing live music to people in a different way than the usual you know going to the Olympia going to Vicar Street But what she does is really incredible, and she brings such an amazing passion and such a fantastic energy to it. Um, Some woman.
0: And we recorded this um, interview at Other Voices, and there's no better place to discuss live music and small intimate gigs than at
1: this festival there isn't and so we recorded it on the side of the road one afternoon probably the second or third afternoon of other voices and uh, so you'll hear some ambient sounds but don't worry about them
0: (laughs) yeah like let us just take you on a little journey there yeah you were right there with us (laughs) (laughs) downstairs. (laughs) straight don't let anyone tell you any difference yeah exactly (laughs) piped out so this episode we built this city on so far sounds okay I'm gonna set the scene for you we're on the middle of a road kind of know we're at the side of a road we're beside a romantic lake and we are in Dingle it's gorgeous it's misty it's romantic it's fab and I know listeners that you might be like what this is about Dublin but bear but actually, with us we're with our pal Clara Hanlon
2: organiser of So Far Sounds Dublin give a little overview of So Far Sounds yeah um, so far was um, formed in 2009 by two lads called Rafe and Rocky um, in London they went to a friendly fires gig Um, and they kind of got disenfranchised by the way people in attendance were doing it. Um, They kind of felt that when you put a value on a ticket, there's a degree of entitlement that comes with it. So they went home um, to their living room and they put on a show for about 13 people um, and from that it spiralled into... In over 200 cities across the world. And how did you get involved initially? Um, so I discovered Soulfire, and that Soulfire was in Dublin through um, a video by a band called Raglins. Um, it was pretty early on in in their formation, and I actually went on YouTube one day, um, and one of my favourite songs that they sang at a gig previous um, was a video them playing at Soulfire. Um, it must have been filmed maybe three years ago in an old Georgian house. It was a song called same old town Um, and from that I looked into so far a little bit more um, and I literally just liked them on Facebook and then about two weeks later later, there was a call for volunteers um, and that piqued my interest and I Skyped um, co-founder Rafe at the time and I joined the Dublin team amazing and and how how far have you come with this? Um, that's about three years ago so when I started um, I was uh, a novice to music i suppose i've always loved music but i knew i was always better in the periphery of it because i can't play or i can't perform and um, but i've always enjoyed going to gigs and the live element and putting things together i suppose so um when i joined i was doing very little um and um, within the three years i've grown to be um leading the dumb team claire what is your favorite so far memory so far Oh, cool antenna. well, so far. Um, my favorite so far would have to be the gig that we did for Amnesty International, to Give a Home show, which just took place on September 20th this year. Um, it was absolutely monumental for us in terms of spreading the word, new applicants, but just the, the bands alone that we had were something I never, ever dreamt we'd ever be able to have on a so far bill. Who I, did you have? We had, um, we had uh, Lewis Kenny, a poet from Dublin. We had circa Richardson, and uh, wyvern lingo and then um the big man hosier played for us as well and where was it um it was in delight studios which was another place that i'd always eyed up that i i'm so enamored by what the guys do for the studio what they're about um, i met stace who um, kind of runs the life for a point um, and there was such parity between what we were trying to do and um, and it was such I'm, i remember saying to her we've met up for a point since and it's just such um, a breath of fresh air when you meet someone who is along the same lines as you, gets what you're trying to do, has such the same affinities and labors of yeah. love of you and, and, and need to do these things for various reasons. Um, uh, and it was an absolute dream to have it in D because I knew it would have to be something special to have it in that venue, and it was. There was like a kind of like post, I suppose, campaign analysis done on so far, um, and Dublin. You know, in the context of New York and London and these massive cities, we had we raised the third highest amount of money for Amnesty. We had the third highest application rate of Amnesty, and to kind of pitch Dublin. Um, in that regard, on a global scale, a project of that, that magnitude was really, really class as well. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's actually cool. that's so impressive. Oh, yeah, I kind of reevaluated the whole thing after the, the Give a Home show because it was, it. I mean, it was it's so. Everything more than I would have expected, and I've said it to numerous people, if I had a million quid, if we actually had any budget, even a hundred quid, it would still be the same. It would be with them artists that played, and it would be in that venue, and I wouldn't change anything about the night. It was just absolutely perfect. Um, And for what it was and what it supported, Colin McGorman spoke on the night. We had um, some of the guys that are in direct provision at Mosney come to the gig. Um, which was really, really important for me and for the team and for why we were doing it, I suppose, and to kind of yeah it was just it was perfect I couldn't have I couldn't have wanted anything more from the night do you feel like you've gotten to meet a lot of your heroes through doing this Um, I've definitely been interested like I mean my, my fascination with music has always stemmed from like Irish music I suppose so like Phantom and TX were always so formative to me in terms of like Circa Richardson how that came about was like there was a show um, on uh, Phantom I think it was like, like, like late one Saturday night when all my mates like pissed off to Wes or something and I was staying in listening to the radio and there was like um an under like there was kind of like a voiceover and the underlay was um a song by circa richardson called i heard nyc and i actually wrote down the lyrics because um i wasn't quick enough to ascertain who it was or whatever and i went and googled them lyrics um and to have that journey to meeting someone on radio, to meeting them in person, to having them play a gig, to call them a pal is really special. So stuff like that has been, yeah. like, personal highlights. But definitely, like, Ham Sandwich and Saint Sister, to see what they're doing now definitely has been, like... I love Saint Sister. They're incredible. I, yeah. um, grew, like, I play the harp, so...
1: Yeah. I, so, yeah. like, when I heard... Because, like, obviously there's fucking, like... Really, like yeah, you yeah. know, it's Like, like I love trad. Let's not talk about trad in front of Jen. Fucking <laughs> okay, hate and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but First I like number. absolutely. Like, I love it. Like yeah. my. My uncle was, like, really heavily involved in, like, quite a big trad band. So, like, I grew up around it, like, within my family. And yeah. then, like, I don't, I don't know why, but I just started playing the in Second. Yeah, show. And, like, I've always loved it. And I, like, but I always play, like, very traditional yeah. songs. Yeah. So then when I heard St. Sister, like, one day, I, like, it was on Spotify and it just came up. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. like, now I'm obsessed with them. And I heard I heard they were unreal at...
2: Yeah, and... and- Busting a harp into like a fucking vintage clothing shop was good crack as hell. It was the least anyone expected for two gals to rock in and and play a harp. That Madrid EP is like so, so gorgeous. Do you do that? Like, do you do the scouting for the... Yeah. The so musician? it's kind of like it's a mixed bag. Like, we will approach people. People will come to us, um, and then we'll also try um, to integrate um, so far alum from other cities or touring artists as well. Because of you know the schedule we run in Dublin, the fact it's only one gig a month. That's um, it's a lot. It's a lot trickier than cities like London and New York. But it's kind of like you know will approach artists that we like people will come to us um, and also touring artists will be putting her horizon from uh, so far global yeah I've been like really really surprised by like I shouldn't have been surprised but how facilitating people are or how kind people are or willing to help or kind of graft out for you that would be like in terms of venue you know we work on a donation basis, so in terms of giving us the venue for nothing and allowing us to facilitate that has been really class. Um, and just to, you know, offer an advice. And we obviously have a global team to turn to, but just in terms of, like, we're all, doing, we're all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. We're all trying to make something of ourselves and something of Dublin, I suppose, and yeah. offer something to the city, I suppose. And I've been really fortunate with the people I've dealt with and how, how kind they are and how with their time and with their resources and stuff like that definitely yeah. and is it still in people's gaffs um, so actually the last gig um was in a gaff in Leeson Street and we actually hadn't had one in a gaff in quite a while we had them in this year we had them in um, the dark room in Brunswick Street which is like a dark room Yeah. Um, we've had them in uh, all-out design studio we had them in Nine Crows again um, and for the first time this year we had them in Leeson Street so there's no stipulations once once the venue works for what we're trying to put on it works and we make yeah. it work but uh, there's something about a gig and a gotcha gaff that's really really special yeah. like, I'd yeah. say so yeah, yeah.
0: Unreal. For any international listeners, <laughs> gaff means how. <house.
2: laughs> <laughs> yeah. A weird question, but do you feel like the skills you're gaining now make you better at your job? Absolutely, yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of given me an understanding of how things work. And we've, I'm, I mean, I've been, um, kind of presented to people within music that I wouldn't have dealt with prior to so far in terms of that being um kind of management or publishing companies and all the stipulations that come with that and um, but definitely in just getting a flow even from global of how the things work how partnerships are tiered together and um, what works and what doesn't and we don't ever want to take away the integrity so far we want to like yeah. grow it holistically and organically but definitely without a doubt and just in terms of i suppose not managing a team because we're all effectively a team of volunteers, but trying to keep people's interests high and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. What do you think of Dublin as a city for music? Um, it's unreal. Um, I think it, like, I mean, from from every inch of the city there's music coming. There's so many incredible artists that we don't even know about. Um, it's outrageously. There's so much happening, but I do think there's a degree of frustration in terms of how it's, how it's supported. I suppose, like even within the loss of like Phantom and TXFM, mm. in terms of just how fucking hard it is to, to graft your way or get somewhere. Or I mean, there's a plethora of, of nights and stuff like that. But I do think there needs to be more done to help the creative community. Yeah. Um, and whether that be, you know giving smaller grants to more people or just taking on board what an artist constitutes in any regard and not just in a in someone making themselves and calling themselves an artist Like I mean it comes in every form but I do think Dublin is one of the best cities in the world for it there's no doubt but I do think um, not enough is being done to help facilitated i suppose people are just up against it but they're sticking with it because they love it and i think that makes dublin absolutely indelible and the people in it so so charming and i think that's why there's such a community element as well or when people are so staunch and kind of keeping the dublin flea market or and delight and and it's when our backs are against the wall people come together but there's definitely there's definitely a community of people that are just fighting literally every day to, yeah. to stay afloat and it really shouldn't be that hard I don't think on a city that absolutely uses creativity, uses yeah. music there's so many it really many, does yeah, complete, it? yeah, completely cast your mind back to all your finest
0: memories do you have a favourite gig memory in Dublin
2: I'd be picking my brain for hours to, yeah. to get my favourite gig because I take something from each of them I remember I got a free ticket to Regina Spectre very very last minute and the girl I got it off just asked me to buy her a bag of chips <laughs> and I was like do you know what that's absolutely sound and it was the first gig I ever went to by myself and that was no bothers me whatsoever. I don't know the answer to this. I'm always trying to figure it out. But what
1: do you think it is about live music that makes it such an amazing, incredible experience?
2: I think it just takes on a completely different meaning than when you when you hear it digitally, I suppose. Yeah. You see the energy of the crowd, of the artists, you see the setup, you see you see the band with them, you see their their enjoyment their absolute heartbreak that yeah you can kind of oh, take solace in that i suppose if you're feeling the same yeah um they're they fucking like pre-gig points <laughs> yeah everything about <laughs> the nights is so special um yeah. i don't know there's just there's just nothing like going to a gig or going to live, see live music um, yeah I, okay. I can't put my finger on it there's so many so many things but uh I think it's just the songs adapt a new meaning when you see the people who've written them perform for them, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, Agreed. Especially cuz they can look you in the eye, like. Yeah. And it's like if somebody looks you in the eye, you're paying close attention, but you're also feeling what they're saying in yeah. your body. Completely. Like it's it's completely. completely. Yeah, different. yeah, or you're seeing them perform for the first time that like you Aww. like I remember seeing um, Future Islands perform like in the Ivy Gardens and like he's an absolute madman. Yeah. But you can't you can't see that in any way when you listen to it on Spotify or or a on a vinyl or something like that. And it's also never going to be any different when you listen...
1: Like, if you listen to it on Spotify, it's always going to That's be That's it, exactly
2: completely. The or There's never going to be a refrain or mm. uh, an encore or anything like that. And all that is just completely... It's so, so beautiful. I don't know, you sound like a bit of a wanker, like, but there's just nothing like yeah. live music, I don't think. Yeah. Like, what is your one more tune? I mean, I'm I'm a fiend for Crane David. Yeah, honestly, in all honesty, going back is, to a gap and putting on seven days—it's yeah. <laughs> oh always the safe uh, Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah, right. That's actually unreal. I, I love know. it. I shouldn't yeah. admit to that, but um, no, oh, he had you he had some tunes. Oh, yeah. He really, did. You know? Did you have a nice time today? I did. I like literally school and cans. Uh, yeah, smoke. <laughs> <laughs> talking about music—it's like my happy place to be honest. So. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, cheers. cheers. Oh, thanks again. No problem. Thank you. No problem yes, thank you so
0: much. So coffee, it's four in the morning, we're at a house party. What's
1: your one last tune? I think I put Mark Morris in Return of the Mac. How does that go? It, it goes like this. like, well I try to tell you so. Yes I did. You know that one? <laughs> Unfortunately not I think, I think uh, Well you're going to have to take me to a house party and then make me leave at 4 Yeah. So I think that it
0: was uh, really appropriate that this episode was about live music and kind of formative years of listening to Phantom and TXFM and I think it's true for Claire and it's also true for me and you Coffee. So next time on the podcast we wanted to interview somebody who shaped those formative years one of our favourite DJs from Phantom um, and TXFM and who now works for Today FM And
1: that's joe donnelly i think it's really obvious that we're all missing a radio station that doesn't play absolute dirge from morning at noon and night and that's what we talked to joe about let's not
0: speak about the sadness yet though let's <laughs> say, let's save all <laughs> that misery for the next <laughs> episode
1: looking forward to seeing you then <laughs>